to Northwest Prime, bringing Seattle to the world and the world to Seattle. I'm your host, Lori Ness, a soldier on the front line of the mainstream. You can listen to this and other shows at northwestprime.com and be sure to stay with Seattle Wave Radio 24-7, 365 for more great music and interviews. We're starting a movement of kindness and we want you to join up. Let's get this show started. I'm really excited about today's show with my guest, Emily Fonda. This interview has kind of been in the works for at least the last six months, and we've finally gotten the okay to talk a little bit about some of the subjects we're going to talk about today. But in any event, we're all going to get to know Emily a little bit better today. And Emily is a working actress. She's been in the hit TV series Supernatural, and she has some big movies coming up, and one of them's being released on Christmas Day, and that's Tim Burton's Big Eyes, and then in on Valentine's Day in February 2015, she will be in E.L. James's Fifty Shades of Grey. So we're really excited to have Emily on and get to know her a little better and introduce her more to, at for sure, the Fifty Shades of Grey fandom and our lar- larger audience. So thanks, Emily, for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. You've really been acting most of your life. Did, did, um, didn't you act as as a child in, in different things? Yeah, so I started when I was little, um, sort of doing some local community theater projects and um, a couple of commercials here and there. And um, I sort of took a break during my teens. And um, as I got sort of to about 18, 19, I moved over to London and um, mostly just for the traveling experience, but I ended up joining a, um, a London theatre company there who were uh, a group of expat Australians. So we were an Australian theatre company working in London and that sort of refed my passion for acting again. And um, it wasn't until I moved to Vancouver a couple of years later that I actually committed to the film and television industry 100%. And... Um, it's been really, really great. It's been a wonderful experience and journey. What does a typical day look like for you? Do you have to go to acting classes? Do you work out? What's what's involved in the life of an actress? Um, all of the above. <laughs> um, I take classes uh, once a week now. Um, since I moved to Los Angeles, but when I was in Vancouver, I was training two nights a week. And they could be hefty long classes, so sometimes from 5 o'clock in the afternoon until 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning um, at our most extreme. Um, but those classes are your opportunity to play and develop your characters and your emotions and really get in touch with yourself as an actor, um, which helps you when you go out for the gruesome audition process, which can be pretty brutal sometimes. And it's, it's, it's really taxing on a person to be constantly developing new characters and, and going through an audition. And, um, and so that's why I find the classes are quite essential for any actor. Um, and then with auditions, you know, we generally get about 12 hours notice, generally the afternoon or the evening before, the, and then you'll audition the next day. So there's not a lot of time to develop or really create too much, which is why classes help you sort of build up that, um, little kitty of characters and things that you have in your back pocket. And um, once you are uh, prepping for auditions, it makes it a little bit easier. And so uh, 
I generally, if it's busy, you have a couple of auditions a week. If it's slow, sometimes you go a few weeks without audition. It really depends on the time of year and what's happening. Um, and then, of course, there's the general going to the gym, getting yourself in shape. Um, not so much for the other people, it's mostly for yourself. You have to see yourself on camera. Um, and as women, we're typically hypercritical of ourselves. So we like to keep ourselves in shape and eat well and keep yourself healthy as much as you can. And, and uh, it really makes a difference when you are performing at your best, when you're healthy inside and outside. Um, it really helps you keep up with the industry because if you're on set for 12, 14, 18 hours a day, then you, you really need to be firing on all cylinders. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Well, when, when you get a call to go to an audition, do you know what you're auditioning for or is that sometimes you don't even know what you're actually auditioning for? Sometimes you don't know. Um, a lot of commercials will not release the products. You'll go out for things like Project Skincare or Project Toys or something. Um, when it comes to television, most of the time you know what you're auditioning for unless it's a pilot, which hasn't actually been named yet. Um, and then films, uh, sometimes they run the production under pseudonyms, so you don't actually know what the production is. For example, Fifty Shades of Grey. I didn't know I was auditioning for Fifty Shades of Grey when I went to class for my first audition. Really? So you just went in kind of on a blind audition and auditioned, and then how long from when you auditioned until you received the phone call that you did get the part? Um, it was about two months. <laughs> Which is oh, wow. a, a little extreme. It doesn't typically take that long. Usually they'll turn around in a couple of weeks, um, if not a couple of days. Um, but when I originally auditioned for Fifty Shades, I auditioned for a different role. And um, and so once they went through the full casting and, and put the cast together, um, I got cast eventually in the role of Martina. Um, and so and that happens often. You'll go in and they'll actually, once they get you in the room, see you in a different role. And so they'll put you in something else. Um, did did you know kind of what you were getting yourself into with the Fifty Shades? I mean, this really, in my opinion, and and I think the opinion of really everybody else in the fandom, at least, and really those in the know in Hollywood, I really think this is going to be one of the biggest films of 2015. Um, absolutely, I think this is going to be one of the biggest films of a, a long time. I think it will go down in history for that, and that's been indicative of the amount of views that the trailer got in one day. You know, the the books have such an enormous fan base behind them um, and incredible, incredible loyal fans. And so they're really backing the film um, and want to see it brought to life. Well, and this has got to, I would think, look good on your resume too going forward because this is kind of the film that you, they always talk in Hollywood about the buzz factor and there's a lot of buzz around this movie. And then to have even a little piece of that associated with you and on your resume has, has, has got to just be, I don't know, to me, it'd almost be like Christmas of just going forward and, and being able to have that film attached to you. Yeah, I think it kind of invokes a real pride when I hand my resume over now or someone asks me about it and I can talk about it. It's, um, it's amazing. Not a lot of actors get to experience, you know, they might be working consistently, but then they might never get to experience a, a production of something on this scale and to be involved in Fifty Shades um, as well as the Tim Burton both. Are, um, they're small roles, you know, I'm not in the film a whole lot, um, but 
even just the experience of, of working with the caliber of actors and the crews and the directors. I mean, it's, it's amazing. It just, it's one of those things that you'll just, you'll never live down. It's just an experience that just gives you forever. What's the reaction when people hear like your friends or family, because there's kind of a, uh, assumptions that are made about the the film Fifty Shades. So when and and also Tim Burton's film. I mean, he really has a rabid following as well, and and he's kind of known for you know a certain way of making movies. So when when people hear that you're in a Tim Burton film or they're in a or that you're in Fifty Shades of Grey, what's the reaction been amongst your peers and family and friends? Um, I think with Tim Burton, they're genuinely curious because of his. Style. Um, he he creates really stylistic films, and um, you know, Big Eyes is a bit of a diversion from his typical um, um, cinemat- cinematography and and the way that he creates the film. Um, that's been really enjoyable to sort of explain to people how um, the narrative is is changed a little bit more, and it's kind of going back to some of his older films um, rather than the recent sort of Alice in Wonderland animation cross real life acting um whereas in <laughs> 50 shades genuinely people are are like ooh <laughs> 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 what do you do <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh so it's always fun to sort of explain you know that um it's uh my role is is within the office as one of christian's assistants um and, and people are genuinely just really excited you know it's like I said before, it has like a big following. And so people are, you say Fifty Shades of Grey, and they know immediately what you're talking about, whether they've read the books or not. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's just kind of become a part of society now. It's, it's a phrase that people use constantly in, in many different respects. Uh, Fifty Shades of This, Fifty Shades of This. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and so it, it, it is fun to sort of explain that, you know, it's not, it's not going down that path of the ooh, but um, but still just being involved and then getting to chat a little bit more about the film itself is, is fun. Well, Fifty Shades really has melted into our cultural fiber and it really is a part, I mean, you, you kind of see it everywhere as a Jeopardy question. You see it in, uh, and I'm, I'm a big TV watcher. I'm just a fan of TV and, and film. And so y- you see it just in the dialogue now, just like you were saying that they'll just refer to things in, in some type of 50 shades of, of something. So it's, it's really part of our moral um, fiber at, at, at this point. And did you read the books prior or have you read the book since? Um, I hadn't read the books prior to auditioning. Like I said before, I didn't know that I was auditioning. Um, but when I booked the role, um, I was actually in Australia. So my brother had just gotten married, and the intention was to stay there until Christmas. And I got the call um, sort of that first week of December. And uh, we knew by that point that it was 50 shades. So I had a 16-hour plane ride to fly back to Vancouver to to read the book and and so by the time I got there I was so well involved in the book and I loved them and I ended up reading all three pretty much before New Year's Eve I think. <laughs> you, you know I always tell everyone you really need to read all three because you don't get a real sense of the complete story if you just read one so you really have to read all three and then I really haven't met anyone who's read all three and not fallen in love with them. I have run into a few people who said you know I didn't like it and I'm like well 
did you read all three? And then, oh, no, I stopped in the middle of one. Well, you really have to read all three to really, for the, for the story to come full circle. Definitely. I, you know, the way that the characters develop and, and their psyches change and who they are, it's just, they grow apart, they come back together and they grow apart and come back together. And, you know, it's, it's quite indicative of real life, I think, and people and the way that people develop as they grow up. And um, I kind of like thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed reading the books. I was, um, and, and having finished reading the third book and sort of finished the trilogy and sort of like, Oh, it's it. <laughs> you know, you, you have that, hmm, yeah, what happens now? And you get so caught up in the life of these characters in a book and then it finishes and you're sort of left like, oh, okay, now what do I do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you read them again. <laughs> or, <laughs> or you join the fandom like like the rest of us so you have people to talk with. You, you've been really well received by the 50 shades of gray fandom and it's a huge fandom people from all over the world they're really talking 50 shades 24 hours a day seven days a week any time of the day month year whenever you can tune into twitter or facebook somebody's talking about it and you've really been um i would say embraced by by the fandom it, it appears from from what i can see yeah it's um it is unexpected i think you know i think that this is my most um, prolific role, I suppose, but as far as a, a following, um, you know, some of the shows that I've done before, I haven't had as big a part or um, they didn't have the following that these, these books do and, and films now. And um, it's really humbling, I think, <laughs> um, <laughs> having people, you know, chatting with people online and, and, and seeing what people, you know, responded to the trailer and, even just the way that I said the line, you know, it, it resonates with people and I don't know, it's, it's pretty flattering. Like, I love it. I think it's, I think it's amazing. And, and it's nice as an artist or as an actor to sort of have that um, response from fans or something to sort of see that it was well received and that they're happy with the final product. You know, it's, it's genuinely a, a really nice feeling. Well, a very iconic line because at that point, when you say that line, um, Mr. Gray will see you now, that changes everything. Both of their lives change forever. Once once that line is said, there are it's just an explosion. And we all know it, having read the books, their lives will never be the same. It's forever changed from that moment on. And it is such a significant point in the book but like you said, you didn't have a lot of lines, but the ones you had were very, very important. <laughs> um, yeah. And I, again, when, when we were filming, you know, even though I'd read the book, I, did, I didn't know that that line would sort of be used as the tagline for the films or um, that the, the fans would sort of respond to it as in quite the way they did. And, and so, you know, when I said the line, it was kind of just, and as I would say, there wasn't a lot of thought put into it um, from it being an iconic line. And now knowing that, I, I sort of think about it and I'm like, would I have said it differently? I don't know. It was, um, yeah, it was, it was pretty exciting. And seeing the first poster that they released and, and seeing my line on there, I was like, that was a pretty proud moment. I was like, that's me. I see that line. So, yeah, it was cool. 
Yeah, it, it's probably a good thing that you didn't have a chance to overthink it, that you were just there and you could, you know, deliver it, you know, the way really that you were were, were trained to do it. On the set, w- w- would you say that it was um, a, uh, a a light set, the, the the mood, or was everyone pretty serious about what was going on? Or, 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 or did you feel like that uh, people were pretty comfortable? Um, people were pretty comfortable. It was really professional. Um, I'm not allowed to talk too much about the production right. values, um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was, um, it was, it was a fun set and everyone was sort of in working mode and they'd been working together for a few weeks. There was a lot of camaraderie and, um, and, and friendship already made. And in Vancouver, there is, um, you know, a, a pretty tight knit film community from the crew perspective. And so when those crews come together that have probably worked on projects in the past together. Um, you know, it's, it's always a really fun, fun time. And, and uh, yeah, I love it. It's good fun. Had you ever worked with anyone before who, who was actually in that crew or, or cast? Had you ever worked with any of those people before? No, I hadn't. Um, I'd worked with the casting director prior, um, but um, no, no one actually on the set, um, but having since then has um, crossed paths with a couple of Yeah, I wanted to ask you about Vancouver because it seems like a very tight-knit community and people are always shuffling back, it seems like, between Hollywood and Vancouver, Vancouver and Hollywood. Um, Do you feel like you, you, as an actress, you need to be in Vancouver more to get work or do you feel like you need to be in Hollywood more or is it constantly running back between the, the two cities? Um, I think it really depends on the circumstances of where people are. I have, um, I, when I moved from London to Vancouver, it was um, purely a decision for me based on, I'm from Australia originally, and so moving to Vancouver was um, an option for me to um, get a work permit, whereas coming to the state, it's a lot more difficult. And so having the ability to live in Vancouver and work freely um, was an easy choice for me and I ended up staying you know, seven years later. I didn't expect to stay that long, um, but I loved it because the film industry there is booming and it, it has its ups and downs and it has its quiet times, but in the past two years, it's really, really had a big comeback. And there is uh, consistently, I would say, probably 10 or 12 television shows filming out there and um, more recently, big value, you know, big budget films coming up and and so that sort of brings the the buzz back to the city as well and a lot of it has to do with the tax credits and the American dollar versus the Canadian dollar but for the actors I think um, if you're if you are Canadian I think Vancouver and Toronto are really big hubs for um, the cross-country production and so there's a really big opportunity for Canadian actors to build a name for themselves um, to get noticed because they are smaller than Los Angeles and New York. Um, and I know a few uh, friends of mine in Vancouver who have long-running careers and are still living in Vancouver. They haven't made the change down to Los Angeles. Some, however, feel they get to a point where they've outgrown the city and so they make a move. Um, and uh, it really depends. And a lot of them also have sort of representation in Los Angeles and representation in Vancouver. Um, so you sort of sending tapes back and forth and with the day and age that it is now, it's a lot easier to have sort of a vast distance between.
where you're actually located and where you're auditioning to. Um, and then vice versa when it comes to Los Angeles and American actors, um, if the productions are filming in Vancouver, the um, governments make it very easy for productions to bring the cast or bring the crew members back and forth across the border and um, allowing them to work. So uh, there's benefits to both cities. Um, I think it's it just depends on the circumstances of the actor and, and where they want to be. Um, yeah, I recently made the, the move from Vancouver to Los Angeles because of personal decision. Um, the weather was a really big um, influencer mm-hmm. on that. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. Well, um, th- th- there was a lot of people in Fifty Shades that had, um, a, this wasn't on my list of questions to ask you, but I, I just thought of it listening to you, that that came from the UK or or Australia who had accents. But is, is that something that, that you they teach you in acting class, how to drop your accent and, and put on an American accent? Um, it depends. Um, a lot of it is the fact that most of the roles you audition for want a standard American, some of even a diverse American accent. They just want your generic American accent. Um, it's not often that I get to audition as an Australian. Um, and so it's essential for most actors um, that they learn the standard American accent, unless, of course, they make it big in their own home country and they can... Um, run a career with their own accent, which, you know, many, many actors do. Um, but uh, for those that are starting out who don't have that break, um, the standard American is, is a big part of being an actor. And a lot of people get dialect coaching. Um, so it's an individual coach that will sort of teach you how to say certain things or um, a lot of the time it's inflections in the voice or going up at the sentence or down at the sentence or exclamation points and punctuation and how different dialects use different accents you know when sorry when different accents are speaking it, they have their own inflections and their own style of talking and so um, with the American it's um, it's it, it's pretty common that most of the auditions that you, or the roles that you broker are with an American accent and for me personally uh, I found the transition a little bit easier I think um, as most Australians do because we grew up with a lot of American television um, and so it's kind of ingrained in us from kids to sort of, vo- uh, you know, reenact what we're hearing. And, and so, but it's definitely something that you train on. So every time I pick up a script, I automatically read it with an American accent now. It, um, it just kind of comes out naturally. Whereas if I read it with my Australian accent, I actually have to stop and think and think about how I actually sound to say it Australian, which a bit odd, but um, that's just how my voice has sort of trained into the American now, and I find it quite easy to just pick it up and drop it. And, um, and you've probably noticed listening to me talking that it's a little bit all over the place sometimes. <laughs> well, it's just funny because, of course, as Americans, we don't think we have an accent, and so I would imagine in Australia, you guys don't think you have an accent either, right? Yeah, definitely. No, no, our accent is normal. Yeah, you you just don't even think about my mother's from the south and so I do know that she has an accent but I get to where I hear it and people will stop me and they'll say they'll pull me to the side and they'll say where's your mother from and I'll have to think about it for a little while because I don't hear it anymore but um Mm -hmm. 
but she has a, a southern accent and other people do pick up it. So I understand that different dialect even within the United States, but it's not something I guess that, that, that we think about all all the time until we talk to, to someone else. Will you watch your own movies? So will you go see Fifty Shades of Grey and will you go see Big Eyes? Totally. I'm so excited to see them. I um, I am critical of watching myself, but um, I think it's also a really big part of learning as an actor to watch yourself and get comfortable watching yourself um, to make those sort of critiques and, and constructive criticisms of, of what you're doing. And, um, you know, a lot of the time it's a simple thing. Why am I shaking my head? Why am I nodding my head in such a funny way? And then you just remember not to do that again. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I don't know. I get a real kick out of it. I think it's it's fun to see what you can do and and putting it up. You don't get that same. Um, uh, you're not able to do that with with theatre. You know, you're sort of feeding off the audience response to what you're doing and um, having the ability to watch it back now is. Um, I don't know. I get a kick out of it. I think it's really fun. I get really excited. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> well, but will you take friends to the movie with you? Um, yeah, so Christmas Day, um, I've got uh, I think there's five of us that are going to go and watch it on Christmas Day um, to go and watch Big Eyes. And, mm-hmm. um, and so that'll be really fun. And then Sister Shades, definitely. I, I was really funny because we went to see Gone Girl and the trailer was playing um, before the movie. And I knew as soon as the song, as soon as it started, you know, I knew the song. And I was like, oh, my God, the trailer's on, the trailer's on. I got so excited and I was rambling around in my bag trying to find my phone to take a picture. But I missed my life. (laughs) (laughs) I missed seeing myself at the cinema for the very first time because I was looking for my phone to take a picture. I was like, this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. I'll never make that mistake. (laughs) (laughs) Well, is is there, like, when you have your friends with you, do they want to, like, cheer and, like, tell everyone, that's her, that's Emily? Do they want to point you out? Yeah, they they do. I mean, even when we're out and about, people sort of, some of my friends, that makes me uncomfortable because then I get all shy. I'm like, hi, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't. I'm not looking for the response to be uh-huh. while I'm there. You know, I just kind of want to sit and enjoy it and congratulate myself and be like, yay, that was cool. Um, but no, when people make a big deal about it, I get, I get all embarrassed. <laughs> what are some of your favorite movies that, that, that you've enjoyed personally throughout your life? Oh, that's a tough question. Um, well, one of my all-time favorite movies is Pretty Woman. Mm-hmm. Um, a I'm a big one. Julia Roberts fan. Um, Shawshank Redemption, pretty common one, but also a brilliant film. Um, I saw Exodus last night, which I really enjoyed. Um, I That's with Christian really, Bale. Yeah, Christian Bale and Joel Edgerton, another Australian. And uh, the cinematography and the costumes and the makeup that film, brilliant. Oh, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, oh God, there's so many on the spot. I can't. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> well, those were some really good ones that you named. Is, is there someone that you would really like to work with going forward in the future? Who, who would be your dream cast to work with? Oh gosh, Julia Roberts, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, 
I don't know. I think I've been really fortunate with some of the people I've got to work with, you know, with mm-hmm. Amy Adams and Christoph Waltz and Chris and uh, Jamie Dornan and, and Dakota Johnson. You know, that I never in my lifetime would have thought I'd be sharing a scene with any of them. So I feel like I'm really, really fortunate as far as it goes. Um, I don't, I don't know. I think so many actors have their own qualities and um, bring their own personalities to, to characters that they play and their own creativity that any of them, you know, I, I think any, working with any caliber of actor is, um, is a real joy and, and it's, it's such a fun experience to bring characters to life with another person, bounce off each other and, and, and have that you know, creative outlet together. Mm-hmm. And the chemistry that comes from it is, is always really fun. I have to ask you, one of my new favorite shows is Girlfriend's Guide to Divorce. And you were in the episode last <laughs> week. And <laughs> I, I want, I, I'm like, when Emily comes on, I have to ask her because the scene you were in had Janine Gar- Garofalo in it. You guys were kind of standing and then they shot over to you guys. And I was wondering, what are you all talking about while that scene is are you just having small talk when you guys are kind of standing? Because you, you're at a party, kind of to set it all up. You're, you're at a party. And um, uh, so you were standing in a group of girls and then and then another actor comes in and then um, kind of invades on that circle and then and the, the scenes move on. But what's kind of going on when you're standing around in in a scene with, with other actors making small talk? Are, are you actually making small talk or is yeah. there just um, nothing going on? No, we're just talking. I couldn't even tell you what we were talking about. I think, I mean, they were, Bo Garrett and Lisa Edelstein. Um, and, um, you know, they were just lovely. We spent the whole day just chatting because there was, about eight of us um, on set that day, aside from all the extras and the, and the crew. And, um, and so we were just like, literally like women in a room and mattering all day. And so, um, and that sort of translated into most of the charts, you know, when we just have to talk and it's, it's not actually dialogue that's scripted, we're just chatting um, and continuing a conversation. So I, I honestly couldn't tell you what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking when they cut over to you guys, I wonder what they were just talking about in that scene. Um, but it's a, it's, it's a really great show, and I just encourage anyone who hasn't watched it yet. It's on Bravo, I think, and uh, and it's called Girlfriend's Guide to Divorce. It's really it's it's, it's a fun show to watch, and I, I just really enjoyed it. And I had heard about it before, and then I saw that you were going to be in one of the episodes, and so it was really again like those two two worlds coming together, and and I and I. Couldn't wait to talk to you about it today. So, is the best place for people to kind of keep up with you at your Twitter handle? Yeah, I um, I'm still relatively new to Twitter. I only joined Twitter at the beginning of the year, but I mean, it's such a fun tool. I love it, and I'm on there all the time. So, I'll constantly post my updates on there, and um, of course, my IMDb page is updated um, as uh, as it's allowed to be from the production perspective. Um, so yeah, keep me posted there and I'll keep you posted and chat with me and I'll come back and can't chat to everybody else. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, no, Twitter and, um, and IMDb are usually the best. So it's E.M. Fonda. It's at E.M. Fonda. Are you any relation anywhere along the line to Jane Fonda? No, I'm not. 
but my mum's name is Jane, and so when she got married, she became Jane Fonda. And so she's the not famous Jane Fonda. <laughs> she's the Australian <laughs> That's a- Jane Fonda. It was great to get a reservation, though. You could just call in and go, oh, the name's under Jane Fonda. And I mean, it really yeah. is. <laughs> yeah. and, um, and so my middle name is Jane. So I'm Emily Jane Fonda, and I get at the border a lot. And, you know, is there any relation? Is there any relation? But no, there's not. <laughs> <laughs> well, before I let you go, is there anything that you would like to say to the Fifty Shades of Grey fans um, that that have embraced you so so well throughout this entire experience? Oh, um, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You're all amazing, and um, keep up the support and the loyalty. I think it's fabulous. And um, Mr. Grey will see you now. There, there you go. Mr. Gray, we'll see you now. Thank you, Emily, very much for coming on. Thanks for saying the line. And we will be there on the um, on the 14th of February, if not the 13th. It's playing in some places. And we will be cheering you on for sure. Thanks so much. It's been a pleasure. All right. Thank you. And I just wanted to let everyone know um, as well, before I I, uh, switch off to Andy McCarroll's version of Shades of Grey that we're going to play out to, I received my Christmas card from Eva um, Cassidy's family. And it's funny that they um, put a little mention in there. They said, we just wanted to let you know that um, we contacted Eva's music label to see if her uh, music was going to be used in the movie. And they said a while ago they were contacted about the possibility of some of Eva's music being on the Fifty Shades of Grey CD, but then they never heard one way or another. And they said at this point, the Cassidy family says at this point, they're not sure that it would happen, but it would be wonderful if the director, it was up to the director, the label said, if they wanted to use the music or not. And the Cassidy family would think it was wonderful if the director did decide to use the music, but they don't have any idea if it is going to be used. But they're hoping a large number of people will be introduced to Eva Cassidy's music. And we know that we're a huge fan of Eva Cassidy's music here. So I just wanted to pass that along to everybody that I did receive that little note from the Cassidy family and that they had been contacted about the possibility of using Eva's music, but they didn't have any confirmation. So it's a big surprise to them as the rest of us when we hear what's actually in that soundtrack. And I want to thank Emily Fonda again for coming on. This is a long time in the works trying to put this together because of things that she could or could not talk about. Please follow her at emfonda.com or at EM Fonda on Twitter. And we're going to play out to Andy McCarroll's Shades of Grey. Andy is a singer-songwriter from Belfast, Northern Ireland. He is followed by E.L. James and Niall Leonard, and he has songs that he's been putting together to uh, maybe one day submit to possible soundtracks for some of the movies. And this is Shades of Grey by Andy McCarroll. Thank you for listening. Thank you for Emily again for coming on. And thank you. Have a great day. Just the
But something about you pulls me and I can't stay away I just can't stay away I'm used to getting what I want I need to feel control But there's no need to sign on the dotted line Come and share my soul Come play with me and lie with me in my room of pleasure and pain And I'll take you to the highest heights time and time again Time and time again I do
And thanks to Andy McCarroll for sending that over, Shades of Grey. It is available on iTunes. We want as many people as we can to fall in love with Emily Fonda and support her. It was really great to get to know her more today. So to encourage people to share the show, we're doing a contest. We don't do many contests, but we are doing one today. And it's open worldwide. We're going to have two winners. We're going to have a worldwide winner, somebody outside the United States, as well as a winner within the United States. And all you have to do is share this show via Twitter or Facebook, and you'll be entered in. We will draw probably a little after Christmas. We'll give it about a week. And everyone who shares the show will be entered in to win. We're going to give away the OPI uh, pack of uh, 50 Shades of Grey nail polish, the mini six pack. So we'll have two winners for the OPI nail polish and just for sharing the show so that more people can discover Emily Fonda and support the wonderful things going on, not only in Emily's work, but everything that's going on in the 50 Shades fandom. So thanks again for listening, everybody, and share the show and be entered in to win the OPI 50 Shades of Grey mini six pack of nail polish, which I have one myself, and I know a lot of you are getting them, and we're going to give two away. So Thanks very much again for joining us. Thanks, Emily Fonda. Thank you. And thank Andy McCarroll for sending over the music. Have a great day.